This is Derek Dillinger, the AIW Intense Champion. I have a whole bunch of other monikers, you know, the Neon Tarantino, the Ace Degenerate. I think I said it. I don't know if I said it. Ace Degenerate, Super Indie Scorsese, the Ace of the Intense Division, and you're listening to Wrestling Chairs. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're down with the clown till you're dead in the ground. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a special interview with one half of Juggalo Rewind. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Everless's fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, to desire WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. Like I said, this is a special interview with one half of Juggalo Rewind, which I probably already scared away a lot of listeners, but I've also probably brought in some too, but I am here with, like I said, one half of Juggalo Rewind. Pete, how's it going? What's going on, Mr. Summers? How are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I know, you know, we're kind of like in uh, rival territories right now. You know, I'm in Ohio, you're in Michigan. Doesn't necessarily Yeah, we, uh, we won the war, but you got Toledo, so it was a fair trade. But 200 years later, we're, we're still good friends. I mean, you can keep Toledo... Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania can keep Youngstown, uh, Kentucky can take uh, Cincinnati. As far as I care. Well, you're just making your state smaller and smaller by the second. Well, what are you going to have left? Uh, Akron? Hey, I, I'm in Akron. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, sorry about that. We, Go on. I don't want to interrupt you. We produce tires in LeBron James. That's good. You also have uh, Finley, Ohio. Isn't that the home of? Wendy's or the fast food capital of the world or something like that. I always feel yeah, we, like that's, that's what we're told up here. Yeah. I mean, we got that. That's like kind of, I consider that more Columbus area, but I think that's like maybe not as close. Cause I always get a uh, Finley and Dublin mixed up. Mm, they are both good Irish names. So I can see the, the issue there. Fit Finley probably really ha- didn't help with that confusion. <laughs> Definitely not hundred percent. Not. Cool thing about uh, UP, too, is like you don't just do Juggalo Rewind. You actually do have a connection to the Ohio wrestling scene, and we've sponsored the same show before. And we have. Uh, we are talking about old wrestling, obviously. Um, we've been down there to your neck of the woods a couple times, uh, at least two or three of the extravaganzas. Always a good time. And then uh, a couple years ago, they started bringing the crew up here to my neck of the woods in Detroit. And we've had some very good shows here. So yeah, I, I always like when old comes around and we get to do something with them. That, that's probably the best time that I have in indie wrestling and watching or participating in as is when they come around. 
Now, I know people are going to be like, Juggalo Rewind never sponsored old wrestling. I don't remember seeing that on the flyer, you're, which you would be right. But uh, Pete, you're, you also have another endeavor that sponsors old wrestling. Correct. On the, <clears throat> on the wrestling side of things, uh, I help uh, my buddy Chris with 20 by 20 apparel. Uh, we make wrestling t-shirts for the wrestling fan who, you know, doesn't want to wear a shirt that has a big naked man on it. Uh, they're very, uh, low key, um, not low key, the wrestler, <laughs> low key wrestling references, um, mostly arenas. And then we have a couple, uh, we've had some collaborations with, uh, who have we had David Arquette, Kevin Nash, Terry Funk, um, you know, all, all, all good shirts that we've put out. And we've done posters, pins, uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, th- that's what you'll see if we have a table at any old wrestling show. So if you want to buy a shirt and not get your credit card information stolen, buy from 20 by 20. <laughs> yes. Or come see us. Give us cash. Cash is always king. I always have change. I know other people do not. Um uh, me being OCD like I am whenever we're at a show like this, I always bring so much change because I know the wrestlers don't have it. So I, I'm the the bank behind the the gimmick table for everyone. That's actually really smart. I never think to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person, if they don't take card, which I'm happy that a lot of people are taking card, using PayPal, whatever, but uh, I'll be the one that like on the way there, I stop at an ATM, get money and go to the show. So I just got like, 20s on me <laughs> yeah and unfortunately everyone's shirts are 25 or pins are 15 like it's always something where you need change uh i think at the last detroit show i was running change for rj and dalton castle they just immediately looked lost and i'm like need change got change so <laughs> we, we all we all help each other out that's the name of the game so yeah it's like it's crazy that you know we've connected and the crazy thing is like we didn't really connect through uh old wrestling i mean there was that connection there but w- you and i connected through the major wrestling figure podcast and we realized <laughs> that we, we we like kind of knew each other but didn't and then I've, well it's it's because you're internet famous and yeah. i'm not so i <laughs> glommed on to you i'm like hey this guy's famous for something let me let me figure out what, figure out what's going on here so i am not that's how that started i am not internet famous <laughs> you're totally internet famous i'm in some fucking major wrestling figure podcast vlogs i'm in some old ethan page vlogs i wouldn't consider myself famous but that <laughs> I can, don't blush it's okay you can admit it I could get into like a rant about like TikTok followers because <laughs> it's there's people out there that think like, oh, like, look at my not me saying uh, my, but like, oh, look at all these followers I have. Like, I'm so popular. But you look at all their other social media and there's like, you know, maybe a few hundred. It's like, OK, you got popularity on here, but like getting followers on here isn't necessarily that hard because there's people out there that will follow thousands of accounts and your content will get just buried in their algorithm and, yeah and, and they'll never it's a new world out there with the the tiktok it's not not the same world that we grew up in in the late 90s with our angel fire websites you're just trying to bring it back to all the icp websites that are horrible <laughs> well i mean now that we're, if we're going back in that direction uh <laughs> we're talking late 90s i also ran a, a fairly popular icp website so uh you know 
we've always had we've both had our our hands in the <laughs> in the, the cookie jar of the Detroit slash Ohio scene of all this nonsense that's very niche. Yeah, I was about to say I've never I didn't have my website get mentioned on a Dark Lotus song, and I wasn't <laughs> thanked at the end of a book by Violent J. Hey, it was actually the beginning of the book, but uh, okay. go on with your story. Uh, wrong end of the book, my bad. I had it I had it upside down. <laughs> right in the front. Right in the front. God, I remember when that fucker came out. Yeah, we're old. That was that was the only gathering I've ever been to, and an absolute crazy fucking weekend. Not in like oh that, party. Your last, correct? Yeah. Well, I was I, ironically enough, like uh, we talked about it before we were recording of like uh, how like the pandemic. I was supposed to go to the Detroit Old Show. I was also planning on going to the 2020 gathering because it was in Garrettsville. So it was back at the ledges, and I grew up like three towns over from Garrettsville. So like when they announced like yeah we're coming to Nelson Ledges, like I was pumped. I was a mm-hmm. sophomore in high school. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. I was 16. So at least I had my driver's license and could go. didn't have to like get a ride or no, was I? No, I was 17. So I was so excited. I had like, I've talked about on this show before, or just like conversations with other people. Like it's not, when I say it was like a crazy weekend, I'm not like meaning party. I'm meaning like my CD collection got stolen. which was in a fucking binder. It's not like, Oh, I have this like little wallet. No, I had a fucking full ass binder and I was the kind of person (laughs) I kept the CDs in there as long with the booklets. Yes. I like it. And I don't know whether it was okay. When it got stolen, I accidentally left my car unlocked and a friend of mine wanted me to sell a Jersey that he had at the gathering. And I accidentally left the Jersey on top of the car. Oh boy. Yeah. Jeez. I ended up having to pay him back for it after obviously I didn't have the money to, you know, someone buying it. Right. But yeah, like just like realizing my entire collection fucking gone. Yeah. That's, that's crushing to someone who collects stuff like that. That's, that's rough. I feel for you. Yeah. And then like I, within six months I had stopped listening to him. Like everything were like related to them. Cause like, and that, I, like it, that's the reason it soiled you on it or did it just happen to tie into a time that you were getting out of it? No, it like that kind of soiled me because I had so much pride in my CD collection. Like I was the kind of dude at my work cause I worked at a newspaper at the time and where we were in the mail room, we were allowed to listen to CD players and you know, a lot of people would go through my CDs and like listen to, to stuff if they didn't bring theirs or if I had something they wouldn't listen to. So like I just had this vast collection and just to have it all be taken away just because it, it was that whole thing of like, oh, we're a family. Whoop, whoop. And it's like, yeah, great fucking family. Yeah, that's if anyone's listening, and I'm sure you'll have a mix of listeners here of people who care about juggalo shit and people mm-hmm. who just are waiting for us to talk about something else. Um, the whole family slash um it's a community that looks out for each other like a lot of people hang their hat on that and in some aspects it's true but in some aspects there's also lots of pieces of shit that that Mm -hmm. are in the community so just like anything else you know it's i have this argument i'm not even gonna get political with it but like i have that argument with other groups where there's good seeds. There's bad seeds, you know, good apples, mm. bad apples. So by and large, our juggalos cool. 
Probably, but yeah, there's some bad seeds like that that put a, a bad taste in your mouth on events like that for sure. Especially in something like that of like you're at the gathering of the juggalos, and at this point, that was what number was that? Four, five? Uh, yeah. What year did you say? 2003. So yeah, that was the fourth one because that was the first outdoor one. Mm-hmm. So um, you had a lot of like that element there too. And like, like I, I had, I did have positives. Like I, I hate that I don't have this anymore, but, uh, that same summer I was in summer school for like English or something. And like, we had to do a report and I decided to do it on twisted and I ended up, uh, having them sign it at the gathering. And I remember like monoxide, Paul, whatever you want to call him. Like he was like, you know, what's this? And I was like, yeah, did it like did a report on you guys. He's like, what grade you get? And like, I told him, he's like, no shit. Like he was like really like excited for it. Uh, That's I, I also gave Jamie a batarang that I had, like a, just a random fucking present. Uh, That's fun. yeah, there's some other kind of cool stuff. Like, obviously like I was like my first ICP concert. I definitely stayed for all the shows. Ironically enough, being an independent wrestling now, I did not do anything JCW. Yeah. I'm trying to think that I don't want to say did they have JCW. They must have, but it's not not nearly to the level that it got. Yeah, although those kind of the infancy stage where you're just looking at like I don't know their bullshit buddies kind of wrestling, and you got like the Madman Pondos and Necro Butchers and yeah, and and that. Th- but like very quickly, uh, that blew up for anyone who doesn't know. And I, I think I may be helping another podcaster with something Juggalo gathering related uh with wrestling so we may get some more stories here coming up uh, in the near future but uh yeah for those people that don't know it's insane the the number and the names that they would draw for for jcw i i still have the program don't have it in in like reaching distance of me but like i know i've like flipped through it i know they had like autograph signings and everything you know that weekend too shane Mm. i remember shane douglas was one of the people that that was there i don't I don't remember. Uh, I get those years confused. Uh, I'm an old man, so I, I can't remember everything. But the all those, I think I went to the first three outdoor ones, and they all just kind of bleed together. Uh, mm-hmm. I do remember seeing Terry Funk and Dusty Rhodes there, which is kind of ridiculous that you saw them, you know, in, in a field. Um, but yeah, I don't remember specifically the, your year, but I'm sure it was wonderful. But yeah, I, re- I remember the the merch that year of like how it was set up and that's when like the book came out that's when wizard of the hood came out oh what a year and i i I think i kind of remember like like everybody has this notion of what juggalos are like and you know to like you said to an extent some are right like i want to say i kind of have memories of like random people like sitting around reading that book i would tend to agree um it's the same when a new CD comes out in that era, mm-hmm. and that's just all you hear, whether it's on a campsite or a hotel or every car driving by. Like it's not so much anymore, but definitely back then it was a it was a happening when when something mm-hmm. would be released. Um, but it is kind of funny now that you mention it like that that you're just seeing a bunch of jugglers reading, and not something yeah. that you would put on your uh, on your bingo card for a gathering. But that definitely happened. I mean, and you're right too. Like that was when Wizard of the Hood. Like that's the other thing I, I vividly remember is just like you know walking by random campsites and you're hearing like parts of this brand new album that just came out or like the 
the different uh, bonus tracks that are that are on those albums, those versions of the album. I don't I don't know. I don't know about you, but like I feel like being a juggalo kind of really was the first steps for me of like collecting things because like, dude, you look back at it. ICP were the fucking kings of that of like, oh, we're going to find ways for you to spend more money. Like just going back to Malenko. Oh, there's four different colors that you can get. And oh, uh, now that we've uh, this one version of Hollywood came out, uh, now we're going to have the island version and you can look for both like insane. No yeah, and they, they were smart with it even before that with their T-shirts and their jerseys. Mm-hmm. But definitely like they I don't want to say they stumbled upon the Malenko deal because you're right. They did do four colors very specifically, but then four turned into eight very quickly. And uh, people just start collecting the tapes and the, the promo versions and the trading and collecting in that world was big. I wouldn't say before that, but yeah, that was definitely the boom of like people. Oh, now I want, you know, the tape that there was only a thousand of. You can only get mm-hmm. at this show or there's only at one store. So I'm sure they weren't the first, but they definitely brought that element to uh, our generation of, of OCD collectors for sure. Because, I mean, I had lists and I, I so going backwards, the website, if anyone cares that I used to work on was called psychopathic traders. So it was everyone would keep lists of what they collected and then trade and sell with each other. And then this is like pre eBay, which is kind of insane when you think about it. Oh yeah. And that you, you trusted people to like send you a money order and to send them, you know, a different CD or tape or shirt or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just, it, it snowballs from there and, and so much, so many people made connections and just started their own, you know, vast collection of different stuff. And there's a guy that I know, uh, his name's Steve, lives in Pittsburgh, still friends to this day. He was on that website and we're, we're talking 98, 99. He was so OCD at the time that he would keep a spreadsheet of who he traded with, what he bought, how much he paid for it, the number on the, the money order, like he kept track of all of that stuff. And that's, you kind of joke about it, but like, that's a discernible skill like that yeah. you can use, you know, like when you get a desk job or whatever, like you need to be organized and that stuff kept us organized and it, it built a little community. And, you know, it, it's just interesting how the butterfly effect of how stuff like that still comes up to this day of uh, you want to call it the juggalo magic or the family or whatever, but the, 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 the people that you met and that you still make connections with. And I'm sure it's the same with indie wrestling too, but it's the same with any yeah. community, but it's just the one that, that we are uh, in the middle of right now, <laughs> right now that we've been in for 25 years. But I mean, I, w- I was in it for a time. And then I literally, like, I always tell people I left the fandom, like after that gathering, uh, the next thing that I bought ICP psychopathic related was Twisted's Independence Day, and it was only because proof was on it. Yeah, Oof. yeah, that's a quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, did did you ever go through the same thing with wrestling? Like, did you have an in and out where you you dipped out and came back? No, I've I've kind of like always been a fan. I had the benefit though of like there were times I wasn't watching it as much, and it wasn't like oh I'm I'm doing this. Like there was one point it was like it was because I work nights. 
and like I could watch like maybe one hour of Raw, but then I went to work and that was before DVRs were a thing and we mm. weren't we weren't really like taping uh Raw, but I would like I would still like find out like stuff that happened and all that kind of stuff because at least the internet was around at that point. So I had that vout those ways of keeping up. But I've yeah, I've never just been like, I'm not a fan anymore. I'm like I've I've always been a fan. Um I've always had my favorites. I think well, like I had my like I don't want to say down period, but like my favorites growing up were Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. So like when we started to hit into the Attitude Era, like my favorites are well, Shawn's gone, and he only comes around for commissioner spots, and then Bret was in WCW, which for me just I mean it wasn't the same. Like I still liked it, but it was like trying to find like who's this new new person I'm gonna get behind. I didn't I wasn't as big on Stone Cold or The Rock. Liked them, but like they didn't feel like my guys. Right. Yeah, I, no, I get you. I think uh, my next favorite after that was Kane. Like, I, I always really liked him, but like, that was like the f- only one I could like really claim of like, oh, I really like, I really like this character. <laughs> yeah, that's a random one, but I mean, that's kind of funny. I, uh, I, I like the music. I liked the whole mask persona. Like, it was like for something like I always kind of liked it, but obviously, like, back in like, you know, 97, 98, 99, like, Kane. Kane wasn't the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart of like main eventing and being like a star. I was like, you know, Kane was there. <laughs> he was there. He was there. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's a fine pick. I, I'm not knocking Kane being your favorite at the time. So, uh, not so much nowadays. But... <laughs> I don't know if I really had a favorite back then, which is weird. Like, I always hear, you know, obviously we both listen to the major wrestling figure podcast and everyone always has very, distinct memories of this guy was my favorite and this is what I was watching and this is what I was playing with. Like for my memory being so good about some stuff, I I don't know. I think I just enjoyed the entire product. I didn't have Mm -hmm. like specific favorites in that era. Um, By the time I, like, I think I had an all time favorite. Uh, We're talking like ECW into WCW and I was a big fan of Raven. but yeah, I guess the whole attitude era, not attitude era, the the new generation, that's kind of where I skipped out. So like your your Sid and Nash and Taker and, and Hart and Michaels, that's not my time. You know, my time was 80s and then attitude era on. So well, I don't know. Well, my time is Triple H's theme, but that's that's yeah. that's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, that's an entirely different podcast. Uh but yeah. I love the new gen era. Like, I mean, I know it's not the greatest ever, but like literally my story, God, it's almost 30 years old of like, I was watching wrestling since I was very little, like my dad had it on. But the moment I started like really picking up on storylines and like connecting them and all that stuff, the starting point was the 4th of July, 1993, when Lex Luger slammed Yokozuna. Yes. Like I, that's a good one. I vividly remember watching TV that day, and like I know I was watching wrestling prior to this point, but like just for some reason, that's when everything started to click. And yeah, I I love that time frame, and like I have like so many favorites from that era, uh, whether it be you know Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, but even like now being an adult, like Yokozuna, uh, Owen Hart. I liked him at the time and I know like he's not a great wrestler, but Ahmed Johnson, like there was, there's a lot of those people that I loved watching as a kid. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't mean to knock it. It's definitely a fine era and it's funny to go back and watch and there's good stuff in it. I just, 
for whatever reason, my dip out time was from like WrestleMania 10 to the NWO. I, that, that's my dark time. So which I've I, gone back and watched stuff, but it's just, you know, it wasn't what I grew up on. I think like, cause I'm a little bit younger than you, like that kind of tracks for like people around your age where they were getting like a little old for, for what wrestling was like at that time. But when you hit the NWO and Austin 316 and Attitude Era, now they're like, you're more in your teenage years. And like all that stuff was cool. Like it wasn't, you know, Hulk Hogan and ultimate warrior shit. Yeah, it definitely, yeah, that tracks for my, my time frame of like have maybe eight, eight, nine, ten grades. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of where I left. And then yeah, as soon as '96 started coming up, it's like wait a minute, this this is cool again. So, but maybe uh, not everyone. But I think that's just the time in your life where maybe you've got other stuff going on, and you know, wrestling is always there for you. They've they never abandon you. They may <laughs> not be as good, but. They don't go away. Uh, you can leave and come back and they still welcome me with open arms. Never had my CD collection stolen out of wrestling show. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, you probably never left your car unlocked oh. and shit on your roof at a wrestling show. And also like the field of that, like where I was parked was just a kind of like big field and they were shuttling people back and forth to the gap. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you just parked in the corner of a, uh, a parking structure. That's like, it's like parking in the middle of fucking the Ohio Turnpike, which is a big sign that's steal me. But hey, that's John. okay. You were young, and it's a good story, and and you've grown from it. And that's all that matters. You, you talk about earlier about like what psychopathic traders was like, and about how like pre eBay and people just kind of like trusted people. That's also part of my gathering story. Is like all right. Like I said, I'm, I think when tickets went on sale, I was in between 16, 17, because I can't remember exactly when they went on sale. Like my birthday is at the end of March, but I remember like they went on sale. Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They, I didn't, I didn't have a debit card at the time. I think like maybe at that point you had to pay like with credit card. Uh, So like, I, like I didn't even have that. So, and I think they sold out fairly quick. I want to say can't exactly remember, but nonetheless, with it being like so close, I'm like, well, I still, I still got to find a way to go. I found somebody on a Yahoo message group, like email group. I think, I think that's what it was where like you would, it's like you would have these message board type chats, but they would be in email form. Do you like remember that era? Kinda. Yeah. You're <laughs> I never used it, but I know yeah. what you're saying. And I think it was called like Church of the Dark Carnival. To <laughs> Jesus, of course it was. <laughs> yeah. was pro- probably the moderator had a, a Z in his name and <laughs> half the letters were capitalized and half weren't. But probably you know, that's just the that's, that's the time that we lived them. Well, I found someone in Florida and they were looking to sell a ticket. I like a friend couldn't go or something. And I know they were trying to get like someone to help also split like hotel and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, like I can pick you up at the, at the airport. I'm like, I, I live in the area. Like I could do that. I'll pay. Like I paid him in cash when he, when he showed up, but this, this idea that here's someone I don't know. I met them on Yahoo and we decide we're going to meet up at an airport as he's getting off the plane and I'm picking him up. I hand him money and then he gets into my car 
And then we go like try to find a place that he can crash and he ended up going to a hotel. Like I had some friends and I talked to them and they nothing that they I mean, we were like I said, I was 17. So to a normal person and like yeah. me and now as an adult, that's fucking crazy. But at that yeah. time I was like, whoop whoop, motherfucker. The fact that you're still alive is shocking. And imagine in today's day and age, and I don't know like your your world but like if you have a a younger sister or a daughter or a girlfriend and they told you that they did that today you'd go fucking ballistic you know that oh yeah uh, any child or even our age the person would do that it's unheard of but you're right i don't know how many times i met up with someone uh same thing like hey we're going to a show you need to ride uh i did that a bunch of times back then uh and it was all through like the AOL chat room or, you know, different message boards. Um, funny story to kind of tie all of this together. We, me and my buddy Tom went out to, God, what year was this? It had to be 2000, 2001. We went out to see ECW in Philly. Mm-hmm. And I forget if it was at the show or right before, but we knew these two guys who from our message boards who were going to be there. And, you know, it's like, Hey, you're wearing a hatchet man. Da da da. We started like talking, kept in touch. Uh, they would come out, you know, to, to hang out with us. We'd go out there still friends to this day. And one of those guys, beautiful Bobby Shields <laughs> of PWO wrestling fame. So it's, we didn't know each other, but we trusted each other to be like, Hey, drive 12 hours and come stay at my house. And we just, you did it. I, I don't know how it happened, but you know, it's just luck of the draw that, that we all were cool and uh, didn't murder each other. Yeah. I forgot. I listened to that episode where you're kind of like, you guys are talking and Bobby Shields on there. And then there was like some sort of reference to him being Bobby Shields. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I know who this is. <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. good old, I, uh, good old Benny Cammer. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting a promo on SmackDown. They gave him gave him some mic time. That was yeah. that was a quality one. He he made the rounds, you know, like he uh obviously he did PWO and Prime. Then uh you know he did some Ring of Honor shots. He was he got around. So I'm I'm happy for Bob that I knew him before he was a wrestler. He was just a skinny ass kid. And now he's jacked boy. So and he, the- uh he's doing good. And the thing is, if you watched any like the prime era, because I started showing up at those shows like last handful or last three, I want to say PWO shows. Then they went on like a little hiatus and came back as prime, like little hiatus, literally was like three months. Uh, I was at like damn near every prime show. And at that time, I always brought signs like I, I think I looked for it. I don't think I can find it. I have like a picture of or there's a screenshot out there you could find of Bobby Shields is in the ring and I'm behind him with a sign on with a sign in my hand, kind of like peeking off from behind him that says, I believe in Benny camera. Yes. Cause like I, I had a thing back then where I was, I was making signs for it, but I was like, I called myself the prime sign guy. Cause like I, my, my thing was like, I was always trying to get on TV with signs and I would make some funny ones and all that kind of shit. Just, just kind of my thing. So yeah. Like if you watched any prime era stuff, I was hey, front row. You're a mark for yourself. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Was, that's when I was, I was early in my, my, uh, 
wrestling fandom now. I'm like, yeah, I'm still front row, but uh, I, I haven't made sign since Prime. <laughs> you're not one of the guys that, uh, and I'm, I'm sure every wrestling fan knows this, but like the people who draw attention to themselves and make the show about themselves, and it's just annoying to everyone around. But yeah, as long as you're not that guy anymore, then that's okay. So yeah, that's that's a, that's a connection I completely forgot about. <laughs> I haven't talked to Bob in a while. Every once in a while we catch up, but uh, yeah, he's he's my tie-in to uh, Northeast Ohio wrestling and the Juggalo world, and just being a friend outside of that. He's the man. I mean, there, there's other ties. Like, did you not come out to? I think we talked. We talked about this privately. Uh, you didn't. Did Ooh, you privately come out to the? Uh, AIWICP show? I did not. Um, I think I asked you because I have a friend who collects their their flats. Mm-hmm, and, uh, if they had any, you know, if Thorne had any extras. But uh, yeah, I hit him. No, up. yeah, I never made it out to a AIW show. Because literally that was like one of my favorite shows ever. And I, I not should say shows, but it's just like ICP was there. Um, I did the meet and greet, even though like. I already did like two VIP meet and greets prior, but it was just kind of like they're at a AIW show. Like I have to do it. Uh, I bought my current hatchet man there yes. because I, they, they had their own merch set up, but uh, not just merch table stuff, but like kind of like what you saw, would see at a show type stuff. And I looked and I'm like, Oh man, that sucks. You guys don't have a hatchet man. Cause I kind of wanted to buy one. I skipped on it at that, the Hallow wicked that, or whatever they called it, that came by that year uh, locally for me. Uh, and the guy was like, oh, we have them. We just haven't put them up yet. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Then he's like, you want one? I'm like, shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, like just like the fact that they were there and shit. Like the, the only time that I've had anything like close to that for me as a fan was when <clears throat> the Major Wrestling Figure podcast was there as a whole. And like during the whole main event of that show, I'm just like smiling like this is awesome. AIW yeah, people versus the pod like this. This is great. And it's the same thing, you know, when ICP came out for their show. It's cool when I mean, wrestling does it a lot, but uh, when your worlds kind of collide mm-hmm. and it's just a perfect little place, you know, it's it's your happy place. And I, I, I'm with you. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but yeah, it, it's nice when multiple things that you enjoy kind of mesh. And then those both sound like really cool events for you know, guys like me and you who enjoy that kind of stuff. Is that what uh, Astrocon is kind of like? Um, so, yeah, Astronomicon is, um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a pop culture convention that's held outside of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, version 6.5 is about to come out uh, at the end of June. Um, yeah, it's just a mix of, I'll say, horror actors uh, pop culture people, uh, wrestlers, and just a, a good mix of, of everything. It's not just one like comic book convention. You know, mm-hmm. you can, you see I, I, this year who are the wrestlers, uh, Gangrel, Lita, RVD. Uh, I know I'm missing one or two others, but yeah, there's always a good handful of that. But then you get your local music, your hip hop, your, and you just get some random people. Like if they've had, Linda Blair or Eddie Edward Furlong, um, just uh, John Lovitz <laughs> I met last yeah. year. Uh, so yeah, it's not huge, but it's definitely a cool experience for anyone who's in the area. And you know, if there's someone in particular that you want to come see, uh, it, it's a good little uh, little convention. And 
we're always there and we always have a table and we're trying to help out host events and you'll always see us in the mix somewhere. I always keep a lookout for the event and see if I can swing. And I think there's been, there's been a few times I've just had like other shit going on that same day, like just some other event. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it, life, especially when you're an adult, like and talk about nowadays, like you buy a concert ticket. That's like 18 months out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I have Metallica tickets. I don't even know what year it's in. <laughs> it's so far away, but it's hard to plan. And then when something else comes up, you're like, oh boy, well, I've got eight things going on that weekend. I'm going to make a choice. So I, I totally feel you. But the invitation's always here. If something pops up and, and you want to come by, you know, we would be glad to have you in the beautiful city of Detroit. Yeah, I need to go just to Detroit for once on pleasure and not like going for work. Because if I'm going, well, true, if I'm going for work too, I was going in a semi. So I can't necessarily go everywhere. But like, yeah. there's a lot of, places i want to see and everything whether it be from juggalo fandom or even just detroit music too because like i am a fan of uh proof like i love proof mm-hmm. obviously i love eminem too but like i the fact that like i'm someone that actually owns a electric kool-aid acid testing and <laughs> i i bought that fucker like 2007 like i definitely bought it after he died because like uh i didn't think about buying it until like after that point yeah, that's uh, yeah. You definitely are digging into the lore of Detroit hip hop there, and yeah, that's a rich history in itself. Mm-hmm. Not just uh, not just clowns that rap in the local <laughs> Detroit area. Uh, there, there's a lot of different groups and and splinters on that tree that you know anyone can dive into, and there's there's a lot of history here for sure. And I think it's crazy, though, like the the main music people think about for Detroit, at least from my opinion, is probably ICP and Eminem. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, Kid Rock would probably round out that top three. Mm-hmm. Maybe not anymore because everyone just assumes he's, you know, <laughs> hillbilly from wherever. But uh, yeah, definitely in our era, that's that's your three. Um, maybe kids now are thinking like Big Sean or Danny Brown. And obviously people before us were thinking, you know, Bob Seger and Nugent and Cooper or stuff like that. But uh, yeah, our, our generation... ICP, Eminem, and Kid Rock. That's that's your mm-hmm. your Mount Rushmore of De- Detroit music, which somewhat unfortunate for other people who put in the time. Like uh, like Jay Dilla should be up there, but I, I don't know if he is necessarily in the public eye. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on here. I think I know Everyone, that. that name sounds familiar, but I can't place him. Uh, very very long story because I don't. Or I'm not an expert, but. He was a founding member of Slum Village, and then he went on to basically be the best producer in the history of hip hop. Um, if you know any local Detroit, you know his beats. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of history with him, and I think he just had a book come out about uh, his life. Um, but yeah, Jay Dilla definitely something to someone to look into if anyone wants to dive into the history of detroit hip-hop for sure and you thought we were going to run out of things to talk about we're just we're all over the place today oh i i never thought we would <laughs> run out of stuff <laughs> now i'm trying to remember okay that's that's where i heard i know because slum village were they on were they on iron fist oh now you're testing my knowledge <laughs> and making me look dumb uh i don't know 100 percent. i'm sorry because i just checked my music library and a track comes up on Proof's hand to hand, which 
it was like a you know proof little mixtape kind of well professional mixtape i want to say mm-hmm. and like i know slim village was on there yeah i mean that era everyone was kind of mixed in with everyone else's stuff it's uh definitely a tight-knit family back then outside of <laughs> icp they were you know not tight-knit with anyone they were the outsiders but uh well yeah i'm sure any mixtape or anything you have is going to have some mix of dilla and slum village or someone from d12 or paradigm or trick trick there's just everyone collaborated with each other in some form or fashion so uh, that was definitely a hot time for local music well around that time proof did bury the beef with m and icp you were going to say bury the hatchet and you know you were going to say it no i actually wasn't going to <laughs> bury that but that hatchet. would be yeah that, um that would have been a great choice of words, story actually. that they um supposedly uh, all went bowling psychopathic records in d12 and that was kind of put together by by proof you know i forget exactly the story that twisted wanted him and then they just started talking and and that kind of brought them all together and then unfortunately i think that song that he did with twisted was his last song that he recorded before he died so that's yeah i know that that's what's yeah. credited uh, but he he might have done like a lot of stuff around that end uh time frame because like there's a date i think that says when he recorded that but then i don't know where he's from but i know like another final track from proof was from in transit yeah proof also seems like the kind of guy that was recording so much stuff that mm-hmm. I, i'm sure 20 people said that they had his last recording well, uh, well it was probably just the last that came out so, it, yeah that's tough it wasn't that it was the last recorded but like i know i think that that track was recorded like around the end of march and pr- the twisted one was like towards the uh if i remember correctly it was towards the beginning of april because like, I think like, because you got to remember too, like that album, like came out a year after, uh, Proof's death came out like yeah, the stuff, next summer. Stuff takes time to come out. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. So I think the crazy thing about the in transit, uh, song is he, well, he did two, but one of them's called dead or alive where like, do you know the song I'm talking about? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I definitely do. For those, for those who don't know, basically like he talks about, uh, whether, like his legacy will live on whether or just in general and doesn't necessarily him him but the songs about whether your legacy will live on whether you're dead or alive like it's always weird when someone does that right uh, mm-hmm. i'm sure there's lots of instances of that but uh yeah when someone kind of foreshadows something like that it's, it's definitely eerie and in retrospect but yeah the I, i'm correct too around that time with proof he was literally like burying every single hatchet now i'll say it uh <laughs> squashing all the beef with uh all the people that M had issues with, like at that time, like I remember Royce, there was a problem with M and Royce. Um, there was even Ishan too. Like, I don't know if that was solved or anything, but like obviously in, on the green book, the world is hell when literally a lyric on there is picture D12 through hell. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think yeah, they, they squashed that too. Yeah, Ishan's a tough one because he, uh, again, another Detroit, uh, I don't want to say icon, but yeah, definitely a, a person who was in the scene in the early to mid nineties uh, and still doing it today. We literally just saw him last night. Um, yeah, he has beef with everyone and it just comes and goes and you can't really keep track of who he's having a problem with. So that, that's a tough one to put your finger on. So how was the 
three-headed monster show? It was actually pretty good. Uh, if you are in the, I think they're only doing Midwest and a little bit of the West. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if, if you're any kind of uh, juggalo uh, listener and you want to check that show out, I, I recommend it. Um, Violent J, Isham, and Ouija Mac doing uh, all three on stage at the same time and alternating songs back and forth. Oh, uh, it was better than expected. I'd, I'd go out and see it if, if it comes to your town. How do you feel about Ouija Mac? Um, for those that don't know, uh, he is like the, the protege of ICP now, uh, but he has like his own thing, you know, like his own fan base, which is very strange. Um, I don't hate him, but I'm not as into him as other people are. Um, he's very good live. He's got a good live presence and a good live sound, yeah. but I can't like buy all of his CDs or just sit and listen. You know, he, he's got maybe two CDs that I thoroughly enjoy. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not made for me. You know, I'm not hating on it. It's just, yeah. I'm not his target demographic. That's kind of how I am. I've seen him live. Um, he, he was okay. I think as his own artist, like if I'm listening to like stuff of his, I've tried and I'm not a fan, but if he's like a feature artist for somebody, like whether it be ICP uh, or Hoodoo, like I love fucking Hoodoo. Yeah. But so do I. like when he appears on like those songs, like I, I do enjoy him. Or even when they, they, they've done those ciphers like, uh, or Eight Ways to Die with that whole kind of group track thing. I like him on those, but his style, like what he kind of goes for, and I. Like, I think the only Ouija Mac solo song that I have on my phone is, um, actually, do you think you could guess? I was going to say, is it the, the Dead Body Man 3? Yes, it is. It is Dead Body of Man Of course. <laughs> what a mark. <laughs> and it, it's partially, um, too, because I also have uh, Dead Body Man Part 2, because I do have the uh, Hollow Wicked 2002 CD. Uh, as well you should. I did not. I did. I did not go to that show, but I had two friends that went, and one of them uh, got out of being a chucklo and sold it to me, and I still have. Like, luckily, when I said like my collection got stolen, there were a handful of things that were not in that collection. Uh, a anything that wasn't a CD, because like I had like a handful of tapes. Mm-hmm. The um, anything that I like, I rebought a copy of, or something that like was going to be harder to find, like Hello uh, Wicked. So. Yeah, I still have. Yeah, that's good. I still, you gotta, gotta keep some stuff. So I'm, I'm glad that you saved those and they did not get lost in the abyss. But yeah, I have, uh, I have like an actual track list or uh, playlist, a set of all three Dead Body Mans. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't think he played that. He probably should have last night. But uh, yeah, if if you're interested and he has a series. Of, of albums i wouldn't call them like joker cards but they all have like the uh, elements like water wind whatever the fuck um those are actually pretty decent lesson i'd give those a try if anyone you included want to give him a shot he's he's interesting in the fact that he was definitely a fan of icp growing up and you can tell but he didn't model himself after them to the point where he's just like a shitty local rapper who, you know, paints their face and, and you can just tell that it has no talent. Like you could tell he's a fan, but he's got his own style. And I, I respect that. It's just, again, not, I'm not his target demographic. Mm-hmm. It's, 
it's like WWE. I'm not their target demographic. So I can sit here and hate on them right now, but they're doing what they're doing and millions of people love it. It's just not always for me. So what so, can you do? So what you're saying is Ouija's not a clone. He's a Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> now we're talking about <laughs> someone else who is also highly enjoyable. But yes, if, if that's how you want to go in that direction, you are correct. I actually just re-listened to the Green Book uh, the other night. And when I got to that song, I was like, this kind of hits a little different now that like, yeah, talk about foreshadowing. Well, do you, do you remember when they first left psychopathic and, oh yeah, for sure. Which was right around that same time, uh, um, magic records. Yeah. That was right at the green book because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if we've told the story on our podcast, but yeah, we, we were trying to help. Uh, working with another local rapper and it was right at that time because I remember we were trying to like give promotional stuff at the green book signing Wow! uh, when they were doing it here. And I was kind of not out of it, but I don't want to say anti twisted, but something went down and they didn't enjoy something that we did on our website. So we had a little bit of a, a tiff if you will, but uh, that was all that all went away. But yeah, that was right at that, that green book time where you could kind of tell they were trying to do their own thing and it just it didn't work out and, you know, just not the right time. And eventually it was the right time and kind of broke away and now they're doing their own thing. So I good for them. And that's a legitimate good for them. That sounded yeah. shitty as it was coming out of my mouth. But I highly enjoy their stuff still and I only hope them the best because I, I do like their direction and their music and, and what they're doing. Because, like I said, like I dropped off at that gathering, so that was like right before or right after Green Book came out, which I I loved and I, I still love to this day. But uh, I didn't really listen to much Twisted afterwards up until Independence Day, and like I think there was some stuff because I had a a guy who unfortunately used to be my best friend. Long, uh, a long story short, we haven't talked since. Well, it's been almost two years because he ghosted me like months before my wedding, <laughs> like just stopped responding to me. And like we were like close friends and like he's like kind of responsible, helping me get into ICP even more. And like he was like my partner in crime for a lot of that shit. But um, shit, where was anyone on that? Okay. <laughs> I got off the tangent. I, I kind of like on him. But uh, well, that's what we do. As I'm trying to remember. Fuck. I I did the same thing earlier. Like, I don't know how I got back to it, but I bantered for way longer than I should have because I couldn't remember what I was talking about. This is what happens when we just start BSing. Okay, we were talking about Twisted. Oh, uh, yeah. Talking about Twisted. Uh, he was still kind of into everything. He was actually kind of getting out of it a little, but like not at the same pace that I did. Like, it took him like a couple years. But I remember he was trying to get me to listen to like Monoxide solo album and uh some of the twisted albums that were coming out i'm like yeah like i just i just wasn't feeling it so like everything post green book like is kind of like a haze for me like i could try to get into listening to like from the twisted side but fuck they've put out so much shit like damn yeah like they're i i without like adding it up yeah, you can't compare it to ICP because they've been doing it for so long and they've put out so much nonsense. But yeah, Twisted has packed in the, the albums and 
they're still doing it. And again, it comes in waves. It depends on what you like. Do you like the more hip hop? Do you like the rock sound? You know, it's not, they don't make CDs or albums as we call them these days uh, <laughs> for every, for the same group every time, you know, you're not going to grow that way. So yeah, yeah they're, they're doing a, a Halloween themed CD or they're doing a, a rock CD and they're touring uh, on, on warp tour or they're doing a hip hop CD. Like it's, they're trying to vary their, their uh, fan base and their, their music style. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it doesn't hit for everyone, but it's, it's out there. They're the definition of an artist. Like simple as that. Like a lot of people I know will give them shit, especially like within the, you know, juggle fandom, but they're, they're experimenting. They're doing this. And it's not like they want to stick to one particular thing. A lot of people listen to different music and yeah, for th- sure. they, they have a lot of different likes and they want to produce different things. So like they're at least doing it. Like I remember like in the, those like first four albums, I never really cared for mirror mirror. I put it in this past weekend. Like I, there's like a bunch of albums I listened to. I was like cleaning around the apartment and I'm like, I haven't listened to this in a while. Let me throw it in. I liked it more than I remembered. And like, it's a I agree. It's short, like, do I think it's, I don't rank it anywhere better than the, the other three, because like, I think the like freak show, most tasteless and green book are fucking solid. But I was like, you know what? I kind of gave mirror mirror some shit. And you know what? It's only like a half hour CD. And <laughs> I think there was like, maybe like one track on there. I was like, yeah, this is probably not as good, but I'm like everything else. I'm like, this is, yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah. It definitely ages well for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I also wasn't into it when it came out, but in retrospect it's it's a pretty good album it's it's kind of a prelude to like what they did for generation nightmare kind of mm, that's i can see what you're saying like i think there's a lot of a lot of ups and downs in their rock sound between those two but yeah they were definitely tinkering with sounds even on freak show you know like they they were trying to find their voice and i think they finally done it and i think like the comparison between icp and twisted like ICP kind of had their own formula. And like, what I mean is like, just like flat out Joker's cards, like who comes out with albums like that of like, we're going to have the, like a theme quote unquote. And like, you're, you're waiting for like those albums to come out, but like, they're going to throw out other things, EPs or just flat out other albums. And like, that's something that I don't think a lot of people see. And if you try to compare it to twisted, it's like, yeah, they, they're everywhere, but that's, that's not a bad thing. Like even over, no. like fuck over time, like how much has ICP morphed? Like Jesus. Yeah. They've gone through. I, I agree. Like they have a set formula, but they also change or try to change with the times um, successfully or not. I don't know, but yeah, they, they've definitely gone through their eras for sure. What's your favorite uh, second deck Joker's card? Oh man, man. <laughs> now we're getting deep. Uh, I, I, oof. I like bang pow boom that like had the old school sound that brought everyone back. You know, it's like, Oh, this is what we're doing. We're back at it. I didn't hate murder death pop. Uh, that's, that's good. I really like found. I hate lost, but I, I truly love found. Um, so for right now, I think that may be my number one. And you didn't even mention the previous, then I mean, uh, the next two, Oh, because in my mind, they didn't happen. Uh, Fred Fury is awful. I love and Fred then, Fury. I've, Jesus Lord. Like, the, the only, 
uh thing like critique i really have on is like i that that idea of the last track isn't good but there's <sighs> there's a lot yeah there's a lot that i i genuinely do love because that's when i got back into them and um like what the fuck not what the fuck but um because that's obviously jekyll brothers um one of the singles had oh, like had like a jekyll yeah. vibe to it it's just again I, I don't know if it wasn't what i was looking for at the time or i'm just not their target demographic for some stuff but just nothing of that era hit for me like i, I don't think maybe one song on that and flip the rat kind of did anything for me and i was just like well that's okay they don't all have to be home runs oh yeah what the fuck yeah wtf what the fuck and what the fuck in fury like they they kind of had an older vibe to me yeah i could see that um i don't know just if that's what got you back all for it i'm i'm happy for you <laughs> it's just not for me but like i was kind of thinking in general like of like i was saying of like the collecting of icp and like for them it it hit where it did with Malenko, and then like look at every Joker's card afterward. Like they never, they didn't just come out with a plain CD. Fucking Jekyll, granted, it's the same CD, but there's different. Co- there's the two different covers, and then there's also the slipcover versions, mm-hmm. which, in my opinion, are the the better versions. Uh, then both versions of the Wraith. Well, number one, this Joker's card has two different CDs, which also had two <laughs> different DVDs that went with them, and of course, yeah. you want both DVDs. Of course. And then you go to the second deck, Bang Pow Boom. Uh, what? Each, there were three different versions originally, and they they both had, or they all had a one different track. Correct. And then they're like, oh yeah, by the way, here's the nuclear version that has all of them and all this bonus stuff. So you have four different versions of that fucking album. Um, at, least, at least by that era, we were technology- savvy enough to buy the one you wanted and maybe just download the other two songs or know which one of the three you like the best but you're right there's still inherently a part of you that's like mm, do i need to buy all three or at least look for them used or whatever like technology just kind of fucked them out of that but mm-hmm. yeah no I, I totally get you that there's that element that they still use to this day i mean do i have all four, four versions now yeah I, of course i do <laughs> I bought them all used. I, I bought them all used because like I was buying these in 2018, 2019. So like, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't buying them new. And then what mighty death pop, which I'll, I'll give them a little credit here is like, they had like bonus albums that went with them. Yes. That one was different and they probably better, uh, better for the consumer because you had so much more content. Yeah, uh, not just different colors. So you're kind of wanting to get them more, but uh, yeah, they they changed their their style a little bit, which is funny that like you bring all that up, and then since then they haven't, right? Uh, like there's been but not lost and found where we're solo boys, and then Fred Fury just had uh, and flipped the rat, but like he only had to buy it from somewhere to get it. But yeah, there's been no like additional covers. Just it's not additional covers, but like they they found ways to like oh you have to buy like especially with the last two they've been EPs. Or first it's like well here's Fred Fury and here's Flip Threat. Oh now with this new one there are three seeds, three EPs you gotta buy them. Yeah. I'm like fuck guys. So that they, they again they switched it up, but it's the same thing of like back in the day like obviously different times like it was just. 
um, Carnival of Carnage. It was just Ringmaster. It was just Riddlebox, which I know there were two EPs that went with those, or three technically if you count Beverly Kills, but I feel, to me those were separate, but when you're like linking them directly to the album to like as like little companion pieces, like right. they've found ways to do it. And I think this, I've never said this in a microphone, but this is like a fear that I have recently. Uh, when they announced like, oh yeah, we're going to have three Joker's card sets, like six, six, five. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys aren't finishing that. No, they haven't even. No, definitely not. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> not at the pace that they're going. That's, that's the point. It's not like, oh, like you look at some of the, the, the early years when they were popping out albums, it was like one every two years. But then like after Jekyll, it's slow or not even after Jekyll, maybe after Malenko, it slowed down. Yeah. I mean, you could accredit it to them like touring or just having yeah. other stuff on their plate. But you also have at that time. So we're talking 2000, 2001, they built their own studio so they don't have to worry about going elsewhere. They have studio time. They can just sit there and do whatever. But you also add on Dark Lotus and Riders and Twisted and like Misery. You just now you're doing so much more stuff that maybe your own thing is taking a back seat. It's like, it's like you may be a booker of a local fed and that's fine. But then now you're booking someone else's and you're, you're wrestling out of state. Like your, your home base may suffer a little bit or not suffer, but at least slow down. So maybe they just had too many irons in the fire. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. We just got to even get, get to the end of the second deck first. Like, uh, yeah, that, that they've been promising that one for like six months and that hasn't come out, right? Wasn't that supposed to come out on Halloween? I thought uh, we still were still waiting on the last seed, which was yeah, supposed right. To- I'm sorry. That, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, like, that, that one was uh, like six months overdue by at this point. Well, we're waiting on that. But then after that would be the new six Jokers card, which they've said that or they Jay has said that. It's good. It's going to be, or the visor said that it's going to, it's going to be, uh, another Shangri-La hell's pit thing. So it's like, fuck, that's two more yeah, albums. You guys got to come out with. Yeah. It's just going to be 2028 before that comes out. And then when Jay announced his like health issues, I'm like, fuck, this ain't good. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic that we could talk about forever. But, uh, obviously he's, uh, miraculously doing better because now he's on a the 30 city tour and he's out there doing it. So he must be a miracle worker. He's like, he's like Terry Funk. He can never retire. You can't keep him down. Miracles. I think there's a song about that. <laughs> Gotta be. Sounds familiar. That's like, <sighs> that's like their, their more recent claim to fame is that. And there was the brief period of time when, uh, Shaggy was known for missing that dropkick on Fred Durst. <laughs> yeah, it is funny the stuff that they're known for. It's like, yeah, you got magnets and you got feuding with Fred Durst. And didn't like, uh, didn't they have a TikTok hit last year? Uh, they have, it's just weird that, like, you look on Spotify and it's like, how does this song have 80 million whatevers? And it's like, oh, that's why. There's a lot of their stuff that was like at one point was catching on TikTok and it. I think mostly all of it was like second deck shit, like chop, chop, slide. Oh yeah. Like fuck chop, chop slides a reference to something like even older than that. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, there, there's some other ones that, that pop up and I'm just like, I kind of know it. I also like 
when I was doing like the listening to stuff, I threw in uh, Mighty Death Pop because the issue that I have with Mighty Death Pop is like it's not available on streaming. It says it is at least on Apple Music, but it's like one right. of, one of the other albums that that comes with it. So like I had to like upload it from my uh, my collection into my into uh, my digital library, and I yeah I kind of agree with kind of like what you're saying. Like it is a little bit more of a an older sound not probably as close to bang pow boom which uh i think i kind of like i do like a little bit more but like after that like i i I think i listened to lost and found once and i just i couldn't get into it like yeah lost is very like dark and heavy and and macabre Mm -hmm. and then found has like a a couple songs that are super upbeat like in my that's like a perfect that's almost better um yin and yang than than shangri-la and hell's pit like one is so dark and one is so upbeat and it's like you put them both out there and and this is cliche and stupid to say but it's like what are you feeling today are you feeling kind of down and shitty and you need that or do you like the the light and upbeat and you know party one and i just i'm drawn to the the light the more light-hearted one personally so it's but that's what they do. They, like we said, for everyone else, you just put it out there and some things are for some people, some are for others. You may be feeling something one day and then not the next. So you have a variety. It's a spice of life. <laughs> that's very true. I think I heard you like guys. Fago. So someday you, <laughs> you want a cola. Someday you want to rock and ride. Someday you want to rot your teeth out and drink that bomb pop, the firework bullshit. It's whatever you choose. Number one, I never crave cola. <laughs> that. That to me is just some generic brand bullshit. <laughs> Number two, the firework, get the name right. That's a that's a top flavor. Oh, sorry, uh, I call firework a um, it's like a dessert fago or a celebratory fago. You know, you're doing something, you're like, I'll have a little sip of this. You can't just drink it in one sitting. It's it's so sugary. I got some bad news for you. I've I've done oh, no. I've, I've done said thing. <laughs> How does how does your stomach handle it? How does it? Oh, it's so much. I mean, maybe it's because too. Like, I don't I don't drink pop a lot. Like, I don't know. Too much for me. But yeah, to each his own. Root beer, though. Not only is that like for me a top notch fago flavor. That's like one of my favorite root beers. Period. It's in no particular order. Um, I'll, I'll say say four, and there some won't get this. But there's obviously I got Fago in there. I got Barks root beer, A and W root beer, and also A and W root beer from the restaurant. Because I was just uh, thank God. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was about to ask you: Were you talking A and W like you're buying it at the store, or you're talking from the tap, frosty mug, sitting in the restaurant? That's number one, I think. Oh, that's like I don't know about you. Like we because ha- we we have actually some that are here that are. Uh, drive-ins drive-in restaurants oh yeah the drive-up boy yeah yeah, yeah no we, we i have one right by my house i'm with you like we just went to uh, one this past uh friday um yeah like that root beer which like it's still quote anw root beer it's not like the store brand but i also do like the store brand but obviously yeah from the tap and you can buy like a gallon of it oh uh, <laughs> it's so good if you ever make it up to my neck of the woods there is a uh a one-off little restaurant that has that makes their own root beer and it's very good 
So if you make it up here, we'll we'll make it a, a point to head out there and grab you a little bit. See, then there's also what I call East Coast Fago, which is a treat. Mm, because I'm not super familiar with that. It's it's a it's a cheap pop that you can find out in um, Eastern PA. There might be other places, but I know past two times I bought or the only two times I bought it were in Eastern Pennsylvania. Not only do they have root beer, they have birch beer and my current favorite, but I, I can't lump it in with root beer, but it's very similar. Sarsaparilla. Mm, I'm familiar. Uh, I don't know if I've ever had sarsaparilla, but I, I just bought some sarsaparilla at the store that obviously wasn't a tree cause it was close to me, but I'm actually going to, we bought it to try to see, is it like what a treat has? But yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Cause they, they also have, you know, like orange and grape and all that kind of stuff where it's, it's this cheap pop that you will find those generic type flavors, but they will have these other flavors that are like, that set itself away from just regular pop that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you've uh, taken the time to think about your top root beer flavors. That's, that's why I think we get along because we have <laughs> shit like that rattling around in our heads. Well, it's also because like there are root beer. I will not drink. Like I hate mug. Mug is horrible. And dad's root beer is horrible. And I used to love dad's root beer. And then I had some within the past, like three, four years. And I'm like, this is fucking awful. <laughs> I'll have to remember that when I'm on my next to root beer kick, which <laughs> I'm not on because I have sworn off all sodas for the a near future because i am on what we call in our podcast the uh rewind fitness and trying to get in a little bit of summer shape so no root beer for me also you can drink the the diet chocolate uh pie one <laughs> yeah and the diet the key lime and the chocolate yeah that, that's all i drink do they have those flavors still because those ones i have not seen in a while I haven't seen them in forever and they okay. always, they're only in diet and they have like the white label, but no, I haven't seen it. in I mean, I'm talking 15 years. Okay. So. Cause I, th- I thought the chocolate pie came back once, or maybe I'm just rem- remembering someone posting, uh, the label or something like of the, the older variety, but still like I, now I'm, I'm curious of trying it. Like I've never been a, a diet pop person, but I'm like, if that's the only way to get it, I kind of got to try it just once. But obviously, if they're not coming back out, they're not coming back out. But you never know. Yeah. Frickin- if I see one, I'll, I'll make sure that the date isn't from 20 years ago. <laughs> and I'll try to stash one for you. But hey, they brought back Arctic Sun. So yeah, that's could be better, but it, it's not bad in a pinch. First time I had Arctic Sun was at an ICP concert. when the, the bottle was thrown at me or like thrown. <laughs> I should say thrown in my direction and it hit me and there was some left. And I was thirsty that didn't hit the ground. So I fucking like drank it and threw it. And we've all done it. It's okay. I think it's crazy too. Like ICP didn't always do this, right? Where now they only use diet Fago. Cause I swear, um, I swear back in the day, God, back in the day, like uh, late nineties, early two thousands, that was like regular Fago. But then again, I went at the gathering. So you're not really worrying about sugar buildup in a, on a fucking Cause they, they weren't, they weren't yeah. technically in the woods. They were like right off, not too far from where the, the water was, but still on grass. I, I always feel like when I smell it, that root beer is definitely the, the smell of a mm. juggalo show. Yes. Um, whether there's like diet cola or whatever mixed in there, or if they're doing like orange for a special, you know, a Halloween or whatever, I, I think root beer is, is pretty much the go-to. 
Yeah. Um, I agree. I've left some of the shows, uh, which is crazy too. Like I showed you pictures of like where they've ran locally to me, which is like super close to me. Yeah. Um, it's a small ass venue. So like the Fago doesn't fly far, but if you're like within that, like beginning that like right by the state, you're getting fucking covered a, and I've also done the Fago Armageddon shit, <laughs> but to where, um, basically, um, when I've left, I've smelled fucking root beer. Yeah. It, it's stuck in your nose hairs for forever. Oh, it's... that and like stuck in like all my clothes and <laughs> all this like word to where I'm just, that's all I could fucking smell. Yeah. How long does your trunk smell like that when you throw your clothes in there on the drive home? You know, it's, uh, that's, that's a smell that does not go away easily. That's for sure. The feeling of Fago in your boots. It's just squishing, <laughs> squishing around. God. Oh. I miss those days. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been to an ICP show since 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously fewer and further between nowadays, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an experience. If, if someone out there hasn't been, it's definitely something. I don't go as often as I used to, but you know, it's something it's, it's, it's a, it's a happening. So if you haven't, you should do it at least once. My, my current goal, I want to see, Twisted Blaze and ABK together and do the meeting. Well, then you should come up for Astronomicon because that is what they're doing. Or you should come up for Halloween where they're playing the green book front to back. Oh, I didn't tell you about that. I might be coming. Yes. Now we're talking. Because, well, here here's what was my issue. That the concert date is uh, October 30th. Correct. That will be my two-year wedding anniversary. Oh, so you're going to honeymoon in Detroit. <laughs> Bring the wife. Let's go. That's kind of what's going to happen. We we, yeah. we we talked about it. She wants to come up for the rec- recreational weed. Mm-hmm. So she wants to be able to, you know, you know, buy that stuff legally. Uh, I want to go because, like, I do love the Green Book. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we I think we talked about potentially, like, getting a hotel for the night or something. Like, she'll either stay in the hotel or she'll come with with the concert like she's not really into any of that but we'll we'll see how shit is but yeah that yeah. i forgot like that is kind of a plan because i ran that by her not like hey let's do this i was like yeah there's this concert but it's like it's like on our wedding anniversary <laughs> but then when we, we talked about going to michigan and her like getting edibles legally it was like oh fuck yeah we might have to do this <laughs> i gotta see how things go it, financially and everything but yeah uh, a little bit of a heads up that that's on a Monday night mm-hmm. and the lions are in town on Monday, uh, playing the Raiders. So if you're going to get a hotel downtown, that, that may be long gone. So you, you may want to just look outside the city. Uh, we can guide you on where oh, yeah. to go because you'll be driving, but, uh, unless you just go straight home, but that's kind of shitty too. Oh no, uh, I won't. I won't. I mean, I could go straight home. Like I have no, no problem with driving, but it, it will probably just be a tired thing. So yeah, I'll, I'll, figure all that shit out but yeah i gotta yeah. details and everything are up in the air but yeah i gotta because it's not true it's not just i, I want to see twisted uh, or i should say i want to see twisted blaze and abk i want to do the meet and greet for all of them because i have yeah i've i met twisted like i said at the gathering i did meet blaze at the gathering too he signed my um my program that i have but i never really i never met abk but i'd like to have like something like a like new and also, like I don't, I don't have a picture with any of them, so I think that would be that would be fun too. And I've 
I really, I, yeah, I'd really like to meet Twisted again and like have like more of a an interaction better than like the one though I did, which wasn't horrible, but it was at that gathering. Like the autograph was like at the end of a little funhouse type thing. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, in, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that was in the back of a semi trailer. So like <laughs> yes. <laughs> So like yeah, I, I just want to like an update. So yeah, it being Green Book and everything, because I was so excited when they announced that. I'm like, all right, you know, now they got announced the date. Fuck, it's on my anniversary. <laughs> at least, at least, fucking Detroit's not playing that night against the Bears, because then I'd be like, oh fuck. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's gonna be bad for parking and all that anyway. But I know mm-hmm. Raider Nation travels and just their hotel situation maybe a little rough downtown. But again. That's why we're here for you. If you're here for a couple of days, we'll tell you where to go, what places to eat, you know, what what sites to see. So where the good Coney you, dogs you have are. friends friends in the city. Don't yeah. tell me where the good Coney dogs are. Uh, yeah, there's only two correct answers to that, so that'll be a, a short and sweet conversation. <laughs> that'd be that'd be crazy going to uh, being in Detroit if you're wearing Raiders. Are you are you going for the game? Or are you going for Blaze? Like uh, we've joked about. <laughs> trying to set up a, um, a tailgate before all of that happens and the, uh, hosted by blaze. And yeah, would it be like, would he be dressed in Raiders or would he be dressed in lions? So we've, that's true. we've joked about that. So that, that may be happening. Oh, that's fucking great. We're, we're idea people we, we don't pull the trigger on a lot of stuff, but we, um, yeah, we have a lot of fun ideas. To get a little bit old, more old wrestling in here, who's your who's your favorite wrestler at old wrestling? Oh man, uh, let's see, old wrestling. Uh, I, I can say like some of the favorite things that I've seen. Like I don't know, like because uh, so many characters have come yeah. through, right? Um, man, at the last show, <laughs> uh, it's funny. Like I was trying to wedge this in, and so this is going to be a perfect opportunity because. Uh, this is tying in a couple of things at once uh, on your last episode, you were talking about the casket match that was at the recent AIW show. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you kept saying like, I don't know if they've done any casket matches like on the Indies, the last Detroit old show had judge Hugo and the soul taker in a casket match. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> and that's one of my better memories of, of that of old, just in general, of just how good that match was. Um, and then followed up by uh, the Phantom of the Opera gimmick. So fucking good. Uh, I, I always tell uh, Mr. Fontaine every time I see him that that show was like the epitome of A, what old wrestling should be, and B, just one of the most fun indie shows I've ever, ever been to. So, um, I mean, talking like that, I may have to go judge Hugo just as my as my favorite character. Um, every time we see him, he's pulling out something different. Um, was it an extravaganza a couple of years ago where he was rich yes. and then he lost whatever uh, like to inky scoops? Mm-hmm. And then when he came back after <laughs> intermission, he was dirty. And we're yes. like, how did he get dirty? And then it just clicked that like he's poor. He lost all mm. of his money. So now he's like covered in dirt. And it's just little shit like that is so funny. And he had his little cup and he was like collecting change from people. And I think so. One of the wrestlers made fun of him and he's like, I just made more money than you did all fucking day <laughs> for what he collected there. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll go judge Hugo. Although they've had a good cast of characters, but 
just from recent memory. Yeah, I'll go with him. Soul Taker. Does he go by anything else? Uh, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, my time is running out here, so <laughs> I can't talk for much longer. Uh, yeah, I, there was talks of not giving him the microphone for not mm-hmm. uh, making sure that he didn't say anything inappropriate, but he can hold it together. That's all. That's all a gimmick. He's a normal. He knows what to do. But yes, he, he's known around other Indies by a different name. I'm sure we can get like early 2000s Blaze and Twisted to uh, say what his name was. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are you trying to get us all in trouble? God damn. Hey, I mean, it's, it's referenced on your, on your show. I, I, do, I love the explanation of Violent J and the other word. Uh, that like how uh, it was a different time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's our default. Is that it was a different time? Late nineties, early two thousands, people were saying stuff that just doesn't fly now, you know. And that's that's for the better. You know, we we all have to grow. We can't can't say the same stuff we did twenty years ago. But yeah, it's, I, it's tough. For me, my favorite. Is, I mean, I'm it's Fontaine. Like the thing that I I love about him is. He he created a company after his gimmick, and he's never like made himself the champion. Yeah, that's the mark of a good. I don't want to say a good businessman, but yeah, you can't just ride it on yourself. He's, he's smart mm-hmm. enough to to have a vision and and plug everyone else into it, mm-hmm. and and it works, and it's it's so entertaining. Um, it's my favorite time of the year when we go to one of those shows. A hundred percent. And he takes the best of like everywhere. Anybody that he can get on the show that like fits what he wants, like he'll do it. Like uh, in the show coming up, like he has the outfitters on there and they're from Eastern Pennsylvania. You have other shows that I know he gets people from Ohio Championship Wrestling, which is a kind of a, a smaller company located now in the Akron area. And the people that he uses are like, aren't, aren't really that big. Uh, but he'll, but then he'll also get like RJ city and, uh, just countless other people. And just, cause like he knows where to plug them. And the fact yeah. that, um, at one point for one show, MJF was, uh, old wrestling. Yeah. He was a golfer, right? Yes. Yeah. That's so good. I, we didn't go to that show, but yeah, it's, when I saw that coming up, I'm like, oh, that's going to be interesting. And, uh. My, yeah, he, he gets the most out of everyone for sure. Even if it's it, all walks of the wrestling world, right? Like you said, him, Danhausen being Nosferatu, mm-hmm. so good. Um, uh, what's his name being the the Phantom of the Opera, Dalton Castle. Um, even just looking back in the early days when you had like Chuck Taylor and Eric Cannon, uh, yeah. it's, just, it's crazy. Orange Cassidy, didn't Orange Cassidy come through? Yeah. Uh, he was uh, yeah. orange Julius. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, he, he definitely has an eye for, for bringing in different people and utilizing them correctly for sure. And the thing that I remember loving about orange Julius is he found a way for orange Cassidy to be orange Cassidy without being orange Cassidy. Like, yeah. Uh, cause what was it? He, uh, he had his orange Julius spiked. So then he was like drunk. So, <laughs> So that made like that kind of more of the Orange Cassidy character uh, fit into that universe. Yeah. And that's again, that's what he does, right? Like he takes what you are and then tweaks it just enough to, mm-hmm. to make it work. Um, 
and there's so much more that they can do too. Like, mm-hmm. and I know it's, they only do a couple shows a year, so there's not a lot, but um, yeah, the, the potential is always there for them to, to kind of do more with, with whatever they're given. And I always have faith that it's going to be a, a very good show. Yeah. And that show will be, uh, the next show will be next weekend. Yeah. God, time flies, right? Like it, everything creeps up on us. And this will be the first Cleveland show that uh, I'm going to. Oh. Yeah, I haven't been to a Cleveland show, so I I want to hear how it is straight from the horse's mouth. Well, I probably won't review it on the show, but might something <laughs> well, might come up with it because yeah. the what the next week after is a AIW show, and then the week after so that's some... another AIW show. <laughs> right, you're a, you're a popular man out there in the Northeast Ohio area. Now the funny thing is, I'm not going to I'm not necessarily going to one of those AIW shows. I'm going to go to a show in Pittsburgh. Mm. But that's a that's a story for a different day. <laughs> so much wrestling, so little time. All right, we we've gone on long enough. Uh, but since this is an interview, we need to get into the Fave Five questions. Excellent. Oh, you know what? That's the wrong fucking button. This <laughs> I'm so used to doing preview and reviews. I always hit that button, but this is the button. Hey, this is Booker T, five time champ, and this is the Fave Five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right. Uh, let me see. Some of these I already kind of know the answers, but uh, let's go with um, Oreos or Chips Ahoy. Uh, I'll go Oreos, and they got to be double stuffed. How do you feel about Mega Stuff? Ooh, well, I think I've done those too. But it, no matter what the stuffing, I take two, break off yes. one side of each, and then double double it. So it's ultra mega mass, you know. Oreos. Did, did we just become best friends? Because I do the same shit. <laughs> did, did I just reference uh, double stuffed Oreos and Tracy's mother's in one <laughs> sentence? I, I think I did. So, yes. God, I miss Tracy. I know. Uh, talk about uh, another. And then we're just going to relate everything to old wrestling. Like yeah. Him, him and old wrestling, wrestling the bear. Jesus Christ. So fun. I've, I've heard Tracy's mother's talk about that match and he blatantly tells you who the bear was yeah. i still one of my friends was like yeah goddamn guy in a bear suit and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about i saw trace smothers <laughs> wrestle a bear so i will i will live with that story for the rest of my life that he wrestled a bear i was there one of the few wrestlers that did not like dress appropriately like he didn't like come up with like uh period accurate type uh attire no he just wears regular like tracy smother shirt and everything it's like ah man yeah you can't you can't direct some people you know what i mean you just you gotta let them go and i, I think that was the right call uh what's your okay you so you double stuff is your favorite do you like any of the other like flavors because there's, there's uh, if, different ones if i'm going with something else i'm going like the peanut butter one but mm. i mean there's so many flavors now i don't need the 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 vanilla, you know, like the, the vanilla cookie one. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, I'm not going with the hazelnut or the mocha or the, the birthday cake or whatever the fuck. Like, it's regular or it's double stuffed, and I think that's where we're going. For me, I don't need to be. I don't need to be fancy. For me, double stuff, mega stuff, um, chocolate, like all chocolate. Like that's that was like one of the first like real varieties they came out with that was like really good. Right. And then um, they have this new like chocolate cake one. But to me, it's not necessarily chocolate cake. It's like different flavors of chocolate all in one bite. So I'm like, that one's pretty good too. But yeah, a lot of time it's just mega or double stuff. Uh, yeah. Question number two. 
Um, how do you like your steak cooked? Oh man, we're going well done. And I know that's an unpopular answer, but I, I go more on the well done than the bleeding. Ugh, can't do it. Give it to me gray and dry. <laughs> I thought I had booing on here, but I don't. <laughs> uh. I mean, Jamie Madrox says in first day out that he gets his steak well done. <laughs> so what's wrong with that? Well, do we need to get into like everything that's wrong about that, that song? <laughs> um, I mean, if you want to, you can go back in our archives and listen to myself and my friend Chris talk about it in depth. But, you know, we don't have to waste your time or your <laughs> listeners time with that. Just know that Jamie Madrox orders a steak well done. And so do I. God, give me medium rare. Wow. I've gone medium rare on burgers now. Uh, but yeah, steak. I'm not a big steak guy, so okay. I need it cooked. I don't need it looking like you just cut it off the cow. I need, I need it proven to me that it's hit the, the flame. All right. Question number three, coffee or energy drinks? Neither. I knew you were going to be neither. <laughs> <laughs> Never been a coffee guy. Never, ever. And then energy drinks. I just, I, I don't think they affect me. Okay. And even if they did, I'm not one of these 18 year old kids who's, you know, knocking down Red Bulls because they didn't sleep the night before. Uh, not that I'm like super health conscious, but I know that shit's not good for you. Um, yeah, I'm just too strong willed for that shit, my friend. <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I go to the gym and I, I naturally am awake from my own self-worth and endorphins. If you don't know that that's a joke, I'm the most miserable motherfucker ever. And I was literally <laughs> crying today at work because I'm so fucking in my head. So you know that that's all a joke. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't. I'm not a coffee or, or any kind of pick me up person. I used to be neither. Like I would, I would drink energy drinks here and there. But now I've for like uh, for many years now, I am a one energy drink a day guy. On the very, very, very rare occasion, I'll drink two. But normally it's like one in the morning. That's it. You're not sleeping enough, my friend. Why do you need such uh, high doses of energy? Nah, just to, to, to start my day. All right. Because, I mean, I'm, just looking, just I'm looking out for you. Just trying to make sure you're okay. I mean, okay, I'm okay with sleep. I mean, granted, this is going to be a, a quick flip of posting it and everything, but that's a, that's a story for a different day. <laughs> yes. Uh, question number four. What's the best Starburst flavor? Oof. Um, we're talking like the classic five, right? Yes. Uh, I'd go with the pink. Is that the strawberry? Strawberry lemonade? Whatever that would be. I'm going pink. Yeah, strawberry. It's, it's not five. I think it's four. It's pink, uh, pink, yellow, orange, red. Yes. Are, are you one of those people that call Gatorade by the color and not the flavor? Um, so it will take that a step deeper. Uh, I had a friend high school time. Um, you know, everything has a flavor is root beer, orange, whatever you pick up something that's grape flavored. It does not taste like grape. It tastes like purple. Like purple is a definitive flavor. So in that aspect, yes, for, for me, purple is a flavor, but no, just for your starburst question, I was just trying to visually picture them. I wasn't. Okay. I wouldn't call them that. I was just trying to recall what, what colors there were. Rank them of the, those four. 
Jesus. Uh, that's that's, that's not a flavor. <laughs> uh, that's the most delicious flavor. Uh, pink. I mean, <laughs> strawberry, uh, cherry, orange, lemon. Lemon is forever last in any kind of flavor, unless it's pickle. I hate pickles too. Pickles and lemons doesn't need to be in this world. I don't. I don't mind lemons, but I'm with you on pickles. I'm very much. I am. Well, I'm anti pickles. I want to say I'm anti dill. I'm fine with bread and butter, and I'm fine with relish. But like dill pickles, which I feel like are like ninety percent of pickles out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no. Just no. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, and when I said that's not a flavor, I meant when you said Jesus. I, like, I know. Oh, I know. I, I totally understand. <laughs> and for me, it's like take your one and two and three and four and like flip them of the two. <laughs> I am cherry, strawberry, uh, lemon, because I, I do enjoy lemon stuff, and orange, because like orange, outside of like a few exceptions, like orange is kind of a bland flavor. Now, Fago orange. Or any kind of like orange pop, that's different. Yeah. But just like, yeah, like a regular orange flavor is just nothing. I, I but like I said, I I enjoy lemon. Yeah, I, you put me a little on the spot there. I don't love the orange one, so I, I I can I can follow what you're what you're putting down there. Question number five. Okay, this kind of goes with uh, some things that we like: physical media or digital. Oh, a hundred percent physical media. Yeah. Uh, I still. When I buy a computer, I need it to have a CD player. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my next car if it doesn't have a CD player. Um, I hate that Best Buy doesn't sell CDs anymore, or if they do, it's like very, very minimal. I'm not like a record collector. I know that's the big thing now for physical media, but no, if I have a choice, I'm buying the CD. I actually, and we joked about it before, I think, um, Metallica's new CD came out, album, came out and I bought the CD and I still haven't listened to it because I want an opportunity to pop in the CD and listen to it and not just listen to it streaming while I'm at work or walking or doing whatever. I, I want to listen to it like it's intended. So uh, physical media all day for me. I I love when I get like both options, like whenever you buy like certain movies, like, well, here's the physical copy and here's this digital code that you can redeem. So it's like you like you get the best of both worlds when it comes to music. I, I enjoy streaming because I only well, we, we talked about it earlier. My CD collection got stolen at Gathering of the Juggalos. I don't have to worry about my CD collection getting stolen anymore because it's just all in a cloud. I have to worry about my phone yep. getting stolen. That can be easily replaced. But it also there's the benefit of like now that I can stream everything to where all my physical copies now stay in better condition whether it be uh, CD or vinyl. Like I, I, I buy cassettes too. Like I, I have like a little collection of all three and yeah. uh, there is something about physical media and you know, it, it, it's something that kind of links to juggle a rewind of like almost every season, like you guys have done, there's like some aspect that you can't get on streaming. That's true. And that's uh, streaming is a necessary evil in this world. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I can't go to the gym and listen to my Walkman. <laughs> I can't, can't sit at work. And I guess I could, but like, it, it's just, it has how it has to be. Um, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. So I listen to all their bootlegs or I buy them or I, I stream them. And it's, yeah, I can't have 
20 years of bootlegs in a physical copy. So necessary evil. Um, you buy the CD, you put it on your phone, even if it's just in your iTunes, like, or your Zune. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, <laughs> I just had to drop that in there. Uh, yeah, you're listening to it digitally, but in the end, I would rather have a physical copy, if not as a backup, as what I'm actually listening to. Something that I love about streaming, though, is like you don't necessarily have to wait for midnight releases anymore, like going out to the stores, which I don't know how many still do that anymore. Yeah, not very many. Or even like the last time I remember one happening. But the fact that like as soon as midnight hits, like you can just hit play on your phone and like li- like listen to an album for the first time, and then make- maybe the next day you go out and buy an actual copy, or you've ordered it and it you know it's gonna you're gonna get it within a day or two. Like that's something yeah, I, sure. I I do really enjoy because granted, like having midnight releases were fun, but I can now just stay at home and like literally wait for midnight to hit. Like we kind of mentioned it earlier. Like I, I did that for Fred Fury. Granted, I didn't listen to the whole album, but like it hit midnight and I like, I, I popped it in a little bit. That's because you're a shitty millennial and you need gratification <laughs> instantly. But I think I, but with that album too, uh, I ordered it through the website and I was actually waiting on my official copy and everything to be delivered to me. So yeah. I get that too. Like, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother thing that, yeah, you, you know, you already, um, supported, but now you just want to hear it before you get the actual copy. Like I I'm, I'm down with that too. It's again, necessary evil. We both use, we all use both. It's just, mm-hmm. if I had a preference, you know, that's oh, yeah. what I'm sticking with. especially too, like, like you're on the blaze season for one less gene, the hood. The first time I streamed it and that first, the the re-release, which I didn't, I didn't really know happened, I thought like, oh, it's just a different, oh no, it's the same cover. I was going to say, oh, it's a different cover. No, the streaming cover is the same. Yeah. And I hear the different intro and I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> yeah, that that's a weird one. And uh, to be fair, they made that as a regular version too. You know, like uh, there's a hard copy of the deluxe version and yeah, I know why they did it, but it's just, it's unnecessary, but it's unnecessary for those who are in the know. It's like, I don't know, again, bringing it back to wrestling. It's like if AIW or old wrestling put on a show and you were there live and you enjoyed it, but it's only for you when they have to put it on DVD or they want to go worldwide or go bigger and better. They got to make things different or combine or, mm-hmm. or add little, you know, bells and whistles. And does it make it any less special that you had the original? No, but do you really need this extra that's really just for, you know, the masses? Not necessarily, but, but you know why they do it. The reason why I brought that up, though, was because I remember just being like, well, what the fuck? But now that I, I, I mean, I've had it for a while, but now that I have it in my digital library because like that's I got to listen to like that version. So I do believe that was question number five. So question number six, I, I kind of hinted at it earlier, but I, I want your ranking of the the original six Joker oh, cards. Are we talking six or are we talking seven? Seven, like the individual albums. Okay. Um, this changes by the day. So today I will go Shangri-La number one, Ray, uh, Riddlebox number two. I'll go Carnival of Carnage number three. Okay. Mm, I may go, oof, I forgot about Hell's Pet. Uh, I'll go Malenko four, Hell's Pit five ringmaster six jekyll seven are you low on jekyll or are you just like the rest more 
Uh, I'm a little low on Jekyll. Uh, usually I, I group them together and I do uh, Shangri-La and Riddlebox first and then I group one and two and four and five together okay. um, just because that's it. It's just different eras, and it's kind of what you're feeling now. Like I'm just feeling the older stuff a little more now. Um, I think Jekyll Brothers and Malenko, to an extent, are just so overplayed in my head that I don't need to go to a show and like, or just pop in and listen to Assassins and Everybody Rise and you know Halls of Illusions. Like I, I'm just I'm over it. I've heard it so many times accompanied with the fact that I just don't like them as much. Um, and I get that those are some people's favorites. Like on our podcast, we talk about the nostalgia factor, you know, mm-hmm. like my favorite WrestleMania is four because that's what I grew up on. But some people think that's the worst WrestleMania ever. You know, some people you grew up on 17, maybe you grew up on the one in COVID and that's your favorite. Sure. Like nostalgia is a giant part of whatever your favorite whatever is mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's probably why i pick what i want in that list but yeah today i, I think that's my that's my order uh my order is great Malenko number one it's super nostalgic for me uh that's how i got in uh number two is wraith of shangri law number three is jekyll four is riddle box five is ringmaster six is carnival of carnage last is hell's pit and for me it's the only one that i'm really low on is hell's pit it's because that came out right uh after i got out of them or within a year after i got out of them or some somewhere around that time and anytime i've gone back to listen to it like i just i don't feel it as a whole yeah like especially after shangri-la like i remember when that came out i uh, went home well a friend of mine picked it up for him because me because he uh didn't go to school that day gave me my copy when he picked me up or we got i got picked up from school and he was there because i don't think he was driving uh i went home put it in my boom box because i think at that point i didn't have a cd player like a regular walkman type thing and like i plugged in my headphones and laid in bed and like i'll never forget like that moment for me like that was so much fun yeah i totally agree and the only reason why I also have Carnival Carnage solo is not necessarily I don't like it, but like that was like the beginning of like obviously their career. And like you can tell like they improve from Carnival of Carnage to Ringmaster, Ringmaster to Riddlebox and everything. And like when I go back to listen to Carnival of Carnage, like I don't necessarily feel it as much, but there's a lot of stuff that I do like from it. I just like Ringmaster more. I like Riddlebox more. And that's like not even a slight against uh, Riddlebox or Ringmaster for having them as low as they are. Like I, I thoroughly do enjoy them, but I like the other ones way more. And I used to be really low on Jekyll, but now like I realize I, that's like one of the albums I own the most copies of because I have like two vinyl copies. I have four CD versions, which slipcover and not slipcover and uh, cassettes, which I'm happy to say like one of them I have from my original collection from before, uh, my collection got stolen and everything. So like I paid, I paid like a couple bucks for it because <laughs> this is when tapes yeah. were going out. Right. Um, and, and I feel you on all that. Like, you know, it, it definitely, they embody the sound of the time. Mm-hmm. So naturally carnival carnage sounds like shit 
because it was, you know, they didn't have a studio and they didn't have a, a set producer and they just didn't know what they were doing. And I, I get that people don't like it as much just because of that. But uh, I don't know. I'm nostalgic for the older stuff. And I like the the local references that they pull. Mm. And um, when they did that show front to back, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen them do. It's just yeah, it's just a combination. Like I, I understand why people put things in different orders. Um, again, it's just it's just your preference. It's all good. Yeah, and I get like where you are on Malenko and Jekyll because like that's when that's genuinely when they really blew up. Like in between Riddlebox and Jekyll, like they were just getting bigger and bigger. So they were like their exposure was getting bigger and bigger. And like I feel like. Malenko and Jekyll are like in the epicenter way more than Riddlebox oh, sure. being like what they're most known for. Um, and they're also, and this is a whole nother topic, but they're becoming a nostalgia act. Like you, you go to a show right now and a majority of it is from their like 95 to 2000 era. You're not hearing very much at all from the second deck. So yeah, it, it, it's, it, I don't want to say you get sick of it, but they are just, they're stuck in that niche unless they're doing something different where they're doing like songs you haven't heard before or this album or, you know, love songs or whatever the gimmick is. They are just digging in their heels. Like you said, if there's, if there's a graph of when they got big, those two CDs are right in the middle and they're just digging in and playing the hits and mm-hmm. they know that's what most people want to hear. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know. It's just a little played out to me at the time. I liked them because I like more rock and hip hop. So I liked them bringing that sound, but over time it just kind of dragged on me. I try every once in a while to go back and and re-listen, but it's just not the same as the other ones. They all have a different flavor. Much like Fago. (laughs) Exactly. Like (laughs) some are sweet, some are bitter, some are Fred Fury, you know, don't donate on it. Sorry, I apologize. That's uh, all right. You're from Michigan. You have, you have bad taste. Oh, come on! Now. We're gonna we're gonna go that <laughs> route. I got I got nothing else I could really really like dig on you at. I'm sure you'll find something. There's always something with me that you can nitpick. Just ask anyone I know. All right, that's uh that's pretty much it. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, I'll give a real quick shout out for all the stuff that we talked about that you can find me at. Uh, me and my buddy Chris are on the Juggalo Rewind podcast. You can find us everywhere uh, so, so, uh, on social media at Juggalo RWD. And we deep dive song by song into old Juggalo classics. Uh, you can also find our wrestling nonsense over at 20 by 20 apparel. That's at 20x20 apparel. And we also had a wrestling podcast, uh, some nonsense over there. So Go to the website. That's all there. You can still find all of our fun goodies. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I, I appreciate you having me on here. And now that we're talking Juggalo stuff, I hope that, you know, your Cheers remix for the theme song, are you going to play a little uh, Dayton Family version? Are you familiar with that? I did not know they had a version. Oh, well, it's technically called Cocaine. Oh. <laughs> it's all about it's all about getting high on coke but it's to the cheers theme song so um yeah i know you have you know two or three hours to edit this put it out so yeah just tossing you another bone in there to to 
And another flaming fireball to juggle while you're trying to get this ready. The fuck do I look like a juggle brother? <laughs> you look more like Jake and less like Jack. That's for sure. <laughs> do, do you light a candle? Skull candle? <laughs> Very rare. <laughs> um, oh, good stuff. Yeah. Also, uh, kind of like go with your plugs for those who don't know. If, I mean, if you like juggalo stuff, um, season one was Twisted's Most Tasteless. Season two was Tales from the Lotus Pod. Season three was Wizard of the Hood. There's some bonus seasons in between. And then the current season, which they will be finishing up soon, uh, blazes one last G in the hood. God, it's almost like you know that so well because you've listened to all of our episodes in a very short amount of time. In like six months. <laughs> and we appreciate that. We we like when people jump in at, at any time. We try to stay evergreen so you can listen whenever. And uh, definitely appreciate it that you took the time to listen to it and to talk about us on your normal podcast. Much love, much appreciation to you, Mr. Summers. We try to stay evergreen. Meanwhile, on the show... Uh, there's references to Michigan football and how they're doing at that particular point. And I'm like, well, this, this time stamps it in my head of like, I kind of know where roughly where this was. Oh, Ohio state Michigan's next week. Well, I know this happened in the middle of uh, November. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help that you can tell the season by how congested we are. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that too. we can never really stay evergreen. You can hear us hacking and sneezing because you know, Midwest weather, what are you going to do? But yeah, it's a, it's a fun listen. I, the wizard of the hood season, I literally listened within a week because like probably of all the albums you guys have done, that's like the most palatable. It's not like a slight of against the other albums, but when like, you're telling a story, (laughs) literally you're going from like one part to the X. Like, Oh, I was, I had so much fun listening to that one. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That that was a fun one to do for sure. Cause you're right. a rock opera like that is, is, uh, it lends to you continually talking and following the story. So that, that was, that was a good one. Hopefully we get to do more like that in the future. And of course you can find myself at J summers, three, three, zero on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and hive much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers, email, if you so choose to desire rest and cheers at gmail.com and let's go over those places that you can listen to this show where you can rate review and subscribe. That would be Apple podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher, tune in YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon music, or podbean rest and cheers And in the show notes, there is a link tree link to all of them. Check out our podcast friends such as hiya bussy. Super Fantastic Podcast, The Indie Cast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Game Marks Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Power Driver Podcast, Fully Posable, Positively Pro Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, If You Catch My Grift, At Odds With Wrestling, Marks With Mics, Juggalo Rewind, X Over, This Ends At Prom, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as The Mystery Men. Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Danger Zone Video in Juliet, Tennessee, Heart of Gold, Toy Ohio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, 20 by 20 Apparel, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. 
and whoop whoop. Hope you liked it. Later. Whoop whoop. It's the wrestling cheers. Get up on your feet. Praying in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max, signing off Ohio, good night The world, good night We love you, we'll see you next week